I guess that's my turn then. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. And Happy New Year. Uh, a couple of years ago, I guess it was, uh, I got uh, for Christmas a package that was an advent calendar of, guess what? Socks. <laughs> and in that package of advent calendar, there were New Year's socks. So I have New Year's socks on. They have uh, a little owl on them with a New Year's hat that says, Happy New Year's, and it says, I hope your New Year's is a hoot. So I hope your New Year's is a hoot as well. Um, we'll be talking about that in a little bit, uh, about, the, uh, about New Year's and, and what your plans are as we come to our time of prayer. But let's open our service in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today, and uh, we are excited about the prospect of the year ahead Father, we thank you for the year that's been. And Father, we thank you that we can be gathered together as a family of faith in this time of worship. Would your spirit be amongst us and poured out upon us. And Father, may uh, we bless you through our praises. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Our call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 4. You'll read the part in black. But you, Bethlehem of Pharatha, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. He will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Seems we're still Christmas themed today. Our first carol is A Little Town of Bethlehem, number 250. Yeah. 
Excuse me. Oh, gosh. There we go. Um, for our announcements today, uh, birthdays and anniversaries this week, it is uh, going to be Jeff and Debbie's uh, granddaughter, Clark Nealon's fifth birthday. It's the only one that I have that's coming up for this week, but there are other ones coming. Uh, if there's any that I've missed, please always let me know. Also, uh, note that next week we'll have our business meeting on January 7th, and so that'll be just after the church service. I'm excited to let you know that starting next week, uh, we're going to be embarking on a new series called Making a Difference, and it's about the word in us and us in the world, um, how that's making a difference. And so it'll be a, a look and a walk through First Peter that will begin next week and will take us right through until Easter, believe it or not, the Easter season. So I'm excited about that, and this is what we'll be embarking on starting next week. Are there any other announcements that I need to... Yes, please, three. Food bank, yes. Food bank, what about it? Wonderful. Good job. Give yourselves a round of applause. Such a nice, thoughtful wife. Thank you. I'll put that next to my bottle of water, too. Thank you. <laughs> now you know why she's my favorite wife. <laughs> no, just one. That's more than I can handle. You know how it is, Dwayne. <laughs> As we continue on in our service, of course, an act of worship is that of giving of our tithes and offerings. And we can do so either through the plates at the back or online through e-transfer. And so now let's take a moment and thank God for the giving of our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you that you have called us to give and have equipped us to give. And so, Father, we ask that you would take all of our tithes and our offerings and you would use them for your glory. Father, that you would bless them and multiply them. And Father, help us to be good stewards of all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Next carol this morning is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, from 267. Please stand.
we come to our time of praying together, uh, I wanted to start by uh, asking you, I mean, I know that you've probably had a really busy season, you've probably had a really busy time with Christmas gatherings and things like that, and, and maybe you've got New Year's plans tonight. I have jokingly told a couple of my neighbors that my New Year's plans are to see if I can manage to stay awake till 11 o'clock, so um, we'll see. Um, what about you? As we looked at the year that's been and the year ahead, what are some of the things that uh, have been on your mind that you would like to bring to the Lord in prayer? Uh, what about your New Year's things that you're doing or the, the hopes that you have for the New Year? What's on your heart today? You guys are going to have to start. More sunshine. All right. Yeah, starting to feel like we're living in England, right? Just not quite as rainy. Yeah. Family would come to church, right? Our, our lost loved ones, a huge thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I have an update on that, too, uh, for Fred. Um, January 9th, uh, he's going to be having a biopsy for a new spot that has been discovered. And on January 10th, he's going to begin his radiation treatments. So let's be keeping Fred and Teresa in prayer as well on that. Do we have any other updates on other people that we have been praying for or anybody else that we should be praying for as well? You guys need coffee this morning? All right, okay. Awful quiet. And many churches I can understand being quiet, but this bunch, come on. Brenda, please. Mm. Yeah. What's his first name? Jason. Jason. Stage four cancer. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't hear that, uh, Brenda's son Josh has kind of had drifted away from church like many kids do, but uh, is now is witnessing to this friend Jason about God uh, as Jason is facing this. And so, yeah, praise God that uh, that uh, Brenda's prayers are are seeing some fruit. Yeah. Wow. Oh. oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Please, have one. Okay, thank you. Tuesday morning. Yeah, and, and something that can help, right? Yeah, for sure. 
But do any of you have New Year's plans tonight? <laughs> All right. Right, like, I mean, years ago, we went down into Toronto uh, to the City Hall, and it was a lot of fun. We were all packed in like sardines. It was fun for me. It wasn't fun for my date, um, but uh, she didn't uh, let me know about that till later. But I love all those people, right? Um, I, it's just amazing to me. But um, over the years, the Toronto program even was just got worse and worse. And yeah, now I don't even know if they have one anymore for New Year's, and so it's just kind of sad, but... Uh, yeah, no matter what your New Year's looks like, I pray that uh, you will be blessed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today, and we certainly do lift up Jason to you at this time, uh, Brenda's son's friend, and we are grateful that Brenda's, son's Josh, Brenda's son Josh is uh, um, using this opportunity or found in this opportunity uh, a renewed um, value in who you are and what you offer and the fact that he is witnessing to Jason. And Father, we pray that this would just uh, restart, reignite Josh's faith in new ways, that he would commit in a deeper way and reevaluate the priority that you can be in his life and all that you can mean for him. And uh, thank you for this answer to prayer. Father, we uh, lift up Fred in the coming days, and Teresa as well, uh, for this biopsy that's happening and also for the treatments that are starting soon. And Father, we pray that uh, it would be successful. We pray for healing as well. Father, we continue to also uh, lift up others in our congregation. With Evelyn, with her upcoming appointment on Tuesday, we pray that there would be um, some answers uh, that are found through these examinations that, and that she can get some help and some relief from the pain she's been going through. Father, we continue to also pray for the others on our list and pray for healing for them and the help that they need. Father, we continue to pray for Les Craig, for Maddie Roman, for Elizabeth Hysaw, for Shirley Dingman, for Jack Hardiman, for Tim Topham, and for Dorothy Byrne. And Father, for all the other things that we carry from the year that's been and for the year that is to be, all the hopes that we have there. Father, we pray for peace in our world and in our families. We pray that our lost loved ones would come to faith in you. Father, for those that have even grown up in the church, that they would remember and be recalled back into a faith that is not only what it used to be, but what is even more than that that it becomes their priority and their passion in life to know you, to love you, and to live for you. Father, help us to be your witnesses to them. Help us to care for the lost and the hurting. And Father, bring healing in all the ways it's needed. In Jesus' name, amen. Next carol this morning is First Noel, number 265.
Please be seated. Scripture reading this morning is Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Um, it was funny, this morning as I was getting myself ready, I guess maybe actually it was last night as I was getting my things together, I thought, I don't need a tie, it's not communion this Sunday. And then I show up and Scott's like, what, no Christmas tie? I'm like, I, that's what I'm missing. Anyway, so yeah, I know, it's pretty bad. But it's done, right? It's, it's all over. Christmas is all over. Now you may still have a celebration to get to or something, that maybe, you know, had to wait until a little bit later. But generally, it's all over. We go to the malls now, and we'll see that all the Christmas decorations, all the, the beautiful colors and the, all the neat things that are set up are, are being put away or already are put away. Uh, soon enough, the lights will all go down or be turned off. Some people, as soon as Christmas is over, they may not put away their lights, but they're off. That's done. It's all over. Uh, if you're our neighbors, you've got to put up with our Christmas lights for a long time yet. So we like having the lights up. But for a lot of people, it's time for packing it up. Before we get too much further into that, I, I want to ask this question. What gifts did you receive at Christmas time? What did you get for Christmas, in other words? Calendar. Very helpful. A refrigerator. Also very helpful. As a matter of fact, you might need a refrigerator to put your calendar on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, sure. New coat. That's helpful. <laughs> All right. Yeah. A bread machine and gift card. All sorts of great stuff, right? Well, Hannah, uh, when she came to visit, she came 
uh, Christmas Eve, and she had her wrapped gifts that took quite a while, and she had one that very distinctly looked like a shovel. And so she said, guess which one is yours? And she grinned at me. And I laughed because, you know, it had the handle shape at the to one end, and then it, and it had it like, you know, some of those shovels that are kind of flat, they're for kind of scooping the, the snow and all of that. And, and so I, I laughed and I said, well, yeah, I can figure it out pretty quickly. Well, she was pretty clever because it wasn't actually a shovel in there. She was disguising something else, a lightsaber. Now, if you don't know what a lightsaber is, it looks like this. It's basically a sword. It's from Star Wars. It's a science fiction thing. And it makes a sound. And um, this, this one you can gently have lightsaber fights with somebody else if they have one. Uh, my friend Bill Dewar has already offered to do uh, some duels with me. Got to get to Brampton for that. Um, but anyways, so we, Hannah and I went out, and she took some video of me with it. But when I transferred the video into the PowerPoint, it sped it up. So just so you know, I'm not really this fast with a lightsaber. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> not long <laughs> uh, it was a foggy night that night and so it was lots of fun we went out and took some kind of cool pictures there's Hannah with it. it you can change the color of the blade and then the next day of course I had to get it out for Will and Lucas as well to see and uh, it was a lot of fun so the gifts that we receive are fun but you know me I talked about it last week also the gifts that we give are important right to and it's not just about the physical gifts, because there are other gifts that we get at Christmas time that are important. Gifts like friendship, gifts like family, right? We have uh, some really close friends as well. And so with them, uh, years ago, we gave them this little plaque that says, friends are family that you choose, right? And so they are like extended family for us. But we have an opportunity at Christmas time to enjoy the gift of family and fun friendship family and fun right sometimes uh, we don't really recognize that fun is a gift right in a normal mundane life we don't have necessarily a lot of fun that comes along but at christmas time we kind of put extra work into making it fun but what about the gifts you gave what gifts did you give in this christmas season that's an important question to think about, too, because it's important, the gifts that we give. I always want the gifts that I give to be something that's going to be enjoyed. Um, because the last thing that I want is for me to, to see somebody opening a gift that I give them, and they go, oh. <laughs> right? Like, it's depressing. Right? You want them to be appreciated. And maybe the gifts that you gave aren't just about, you know, those kind of present things, but like food. Right? Food is a wonderful gift. Sometimes we talk about it last week, about the special meals or special foods that come out, the desserts, the hard sauce, the divinity fudge, and so on. Um, for Christmas time, we had two very special dinners and incredible food. Uh, it was delicious. I mean, also the gifts that we give are making sure that Santa's tray is ready, right? Uh, I saw uh, some people that had uh, nibbled on carrots to 
uh, make it look like that the reindeer had been by. And all of these things that we put into it, the gifts that have been so carefully wrapped, uh, for some people, that just wrapping gifts is a gift because they hate it, right? <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyways because I love you. The other gifts that we give are things like hospitality, right? inviting people in or being invited into somebody else's space. Uh, the honor that we show to one another, you're special to me, and therefore I've done this for you or I'm giving this to you. Hospitality, honor, and our heart. Right? We put our heart into things in this season. And it's beautiful because we want to try and make that special occasion for somebody, no matter what it looks like, and it may look different in your home than somebody else's home or in your life than somebody else's life, that's okay. But my biggest question is, remember we're talking this series about celebrating Christmas, and so did you invite Jesus in? Into the midst of your homes, into the midst of your celebrations, into places where he might not normally be welcome or invited. Did you invite Jesus in. Now soon it will be time to put away our Christmas trees. Soon all this beautiful decoration in here will go away, won't it? And it, all of our other little knickknacks that we have of Christmas, they will soon go away because it's time for packing it up. And some of these things will be forgotten. And some of them will be kind of forsaken, right? You'll, you'll pack it all up and you won't probably think about things like the Advent wreath or your Christmas tree. Like, do you think about your Christmas tree the other 10 months of the year or only when it's time to put it up and decorate it, right? They get kind of forsaken. And the memories are kind of faded from our mind. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? He's the greatest gift that we've been given. And so this year, I'm going to make you think about doing something different. Don't pack them up. Okay? What I mean by that is that it's easy for us to think about all of the wonderful things of Christmas at Christmas time, the birth of Christ, everything that came about with that, and then we kind of just put it all aside for a year and forget about it until it's December again next year, until Advent begins. I want to encourage you this year to keep Jesus with you. As we reflect on the stories that, that we've reflected on in the season, in this sermon series, we remember how the angel came to Mary and announced to her that she would carry Jesus, the very Son of God. And the angel that came to Joseph and encouraged him that it's okay, this child really is going to be the Son of God, and you guys are going to be parents that raise him. How Mary went off to Elizabeth and the joy that they had as they recognized this amazing opportunity that was going to come into their life. How Elizabeth would have, excuse me, I'm just going to unplug the sound because that button drives me crazy. Um, hello, there we go. I might have knocked something else loose. Technology is great when it works properly. Please stand by. Oh, that looks better. 
Oh, except not there. Oh, well, we'll just go off the big screen. All right, um, my little monitor is dead for some reason. It didn't like me unplugging that. Ah, I hate when it throws off my thoughts, too. Yes, John the Baptist. So anyways, John, right? Uh, Elizabeth has John, and he becomes the one who tells everybody that Jesus is coming. Get ready for him. He becomes this incredibly special person. We remember the story of Joseph and Mary going into Bethlehem. And then the angels who announced Jesus' birth, the shepherds who went and saw him and spread the good news, and then at the end, it was all over. Uh, just in case you're mis uh, misunderstanding, uh, Mary and Joseph didn't stay in that manger or cave or whatever it was. Um, they didn't continue on in there. They stayed there that night because there was no room, but eventually they moved out of the manger with the animals and what animals do and all that kind of nasty stuff. So they got into some place a little bit better. They were in Bethlehem for a little while. Um, and so after the birth of Jesus the next day, it was time for packing it up again. And so they gathered all of their things and they gathered themselves together. And then within eight days, it was time for Jesus' circumcision. And then without a, within about a month, he would have had his dedication. That would have happened in Jerusalem. And then after that, we go over to Luke, and it says, when, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And once again, it was time for packing it up. And so after about a month of being in there, they, they, they took Jesus and they went back to Nazareth, back home to where they had come from. And then maybe we would think at that point that it's all over. I'm going to try my monitor again. I'm really suffering without it. Come to life. It says no. All right. But at that point, right, you might think, okay, everything is done, right? It's all over. All right, they, they've got, Jesus has been born. All of the wonderful things that led up to that were incredible. And then they got the circumcision done and then the dedication done. And so they go home. And maybe that'll be the end of it. And you think it's all over. You go, or is it? Because then something else happened. They wound up going back to Bethlehem at some point. And we don't know exactly why. It's possible that it was for financial reasons. It's possible that Joseph had work in Bethlehem. It's possible that they had family there that Joseph somehow was apprenticing with. And they, so they lived in Bethlehem. And then sometime later, we have the story that we read today about the wise men, how they came to visit Jesus. And they followed this star. The star sounds kind of unusual to us in its behavior. Um, a lot of theologians now think that if you look in the Bible, you'll see that angels are sometimes referred to as stars. So maybe it was an angelic presence, something supernatural anyways, that drew them there. But they saw this star rise in the sky. These wise men, these magi, possibly from Babylon, 
where they would study astrology and go, okay, well, this star is over here and it suddenly appears and so maybe that means something and it looks like there's a new king that's been born in the land of the Jews. And so they decide to go and pay homage to him. Uh, it's quite possible that if it was Babylon back then, there was already a Jewish community, so they'd be familiar with stories of this Messiah that was to come. And so they gather all of their things, and they bring their gifts, and they lay them at Jesus' feet. And when they do that, I have questions. How much? It says they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Did they bring little packages? You know, was there just three packages, or was there more? Was there a lot? Was there enough to sustain them throughout their lives? Right? It says they opened their gifts, uh, their treasures, and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Other questions I have about that are, what is the value of these things? You know, what's it actually, how, what would it be worth to them? What's the meaning of those things? Like, is there special meaning in gold, frankincense, and myrrh specifically? And what is the purpose of of them. Gold is pretty straightforward, right? Some people find the meaning in them in this way. That first of all, that gold is what you would give a king. It's appropriate that if a king comes along, that you would give them gold. Some see in frankincense, the incense, a connection between that and the priestly role of the one who burns incense in the temple. Jesus was a king. Jesus was going to be our, serve as our high priest in what he did in his role for us. And then finally with myrrh, myrrh was often used to embalm bodies. It was a perfume. And Jesus also would be our Messiah, the one who would die for us. Maybe they have those meanings. Maybe they were just nice things that were given to Jesus and Mary and Joseph to sustain them. Let's move on and take a look at the next part of the passage there. Matthew 2, verses 13 to 18, to see what happened next. Because you think maybe, just maybe, Mary and Joseph and Jesus could have a break but apparently not. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the, prof, what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And they were settled, established in Bethlehem, and once again it was time for packing it up. They had to go. 
So he got up, it tells us. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left. And they went out off to Egypt. In Egypt, in Alexandria, at that time, there was a large community of Jewish people. And so they would find connection. They would find people that would understand part of their culture and community. But they left in a time of darkness. They left where there was danger and probably left in dismay. Man, I thought we could finally settle here for a while. But they did not pack him away. They didn't take Jesus and go and hide him somewhere and run off. They took Jesus with them. They didn't want him to be forgotten or forsaken or for memories of him to be faded away. They kept Jesus with them. So Herod was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and the area that were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. This is why my pet peeve of having the Magi at their nativity set is like, no, come on, they don't belong there. Get those wise men out of there. Jesus was probably around two when this happened. He killed 10 to 30 boys. Scholars figured. Not a large amount, perhaps, but imagine if it was yours. And when I think about the fact that Lucas is about a year and a half old, that's unbelievable. How tragic that was. Herod was all concerned about plotting because he was paranoid that somebody else would come and take his power away. And so they went and they escaped to Egypt. Perhaps this gift of the Magi helped them to be able to afford to make that trip in the first place. And while they were there, sometime later, we have the next part of the story. Let's read on, Matthew 2, 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. So they're off in Egypt. And you think maybe we could settle here. You know, there's, there's people we know, there's connections we have. But once again, it was time to pack it up. He was told to take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. But once again, they did not pack him away. They did not take Jesus and say, well, he can live here in Egypt because it's safer than it would be back home. <coughs> Excuse me. They did not hide him away. Instead, they had the opportunity of returning back to their homeland, back to where they came from, and meeting up with others with rejoicing and a reunion and what a great time that would be for the family that had missed him for so long. 
and they kept Jesus with them. Are all your goodies gone yet? Have you finished all the Christmas yummies yet? Um, they're, they're dwindling at our house. I'm working, doing my best job to make sure that they, they disappear. I had somebody tell me that he gained 10 pounds over Christmas. He said it wasn't a good thing. But it's time for packing it up, isn't it? And as those lights come down and as they go away, as we pack up our Christmas trees and all of the Christmas decorations that we have, what will you do with Jesus? I have a challenge for you, if you will. A request for you to consider, and that is don't pack him up. Leave him out this year. As a reminder of everything that we have walked through in this season, don't let him be forgotten, tucked away for another year, baby Jesus, forsaken, and all the memories about him that we've talked about slowly being faded from your mind. Don't pack him away, but leave him out somewhere. I know it's kind of unusual to have little baby Jesus sitting out all year long. Really, he is the one that gives us our value, our meaning, and our purpose of what Christmas is all about. The gift that we have is that we can give this gift of Jesus to others. We can share with them the stories of Mary and Joseph, of Elizabeth and John, of the trip to Bethlehem, of the angels who came and announced Jesus' birth, of the shepherds who went and, and saw him and then told everybody of the incredible thing of the birth of Jesus Christ, the one who is king, the one who has been our priest, the one who is our Messiah. So wherever you go this year, take Jesus with you. And you too can be like the wise men with the greatest gift to give. Through darkness, through rejoicing, through sharing the wonder of the Son of God. Take Jesus with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that this is the, the downtime. This is the, where things start to wrap up and we're packing things away. And Father, it can be easy to pack all of what Christmas is about and pack that away and leave it aside and it can be forgotten, forsaken, and faded from our minds. Help us to do better. Help us not to pack Jesus away. But instead, may we share him as the greatest gift with everyone. May we remember these stories the year through and may we share them over and over again. He is the greatest gift that anyone could receive. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Our final song that we're going to sing together is We Three Kings. Please stand.
And one last time in this series, we are going to share words of benediction together with one another. So let us read this together out loud. All year long, may you make Jesus a light for all the world to see. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.